Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Game Junkie Show. I'm your host, Crystal. And as always, a banging, amazing group of guests this week. So everybody, please welcome back. We haven't seen her face in a while. Lena. Hi. Glad to be back. <laughs> Thanks for coming. The Kentucky Wow Man, Alex. Y'all might know him as Mad. Pete. What's up, y'all? What's up? Sorry, what? we, we have him. We have him muted because they're in the background doing floors. So we got him muted when he's not talking. If you guys hear anything yeah. weird, yeah. it's it's not like kinky. There's not like a brothel. In the forgive background. me. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just there's not a brothel, and I swear there's no Texas Chainsaw Massacre bullshit going on over here. Okay. Uh, actually, nope. That could be. That could be. The hills might have eyes over there. That could be. No. So, all right, y'all. We yeah, have glad to be back. Glad to be back. We have the debut of Twitter's favorite, Arthur Morgan, the Canadian cowboy. Jeremy's here with his debut. First time guest. Super fucking excited. Yay. The Twitterverse is fucking crazy going in a round of applause. So, check it out. Today, we are going to talk about the saddest moments that we've had in gaming. This was Jeremy's idea and I'm super excited to do it. So since it was your idea, let's start with you. What is fifth on that list for you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm here all the way from all the way from the peaceful land of Canada where we don't use guns. So, you know, <laughs> pretty ironic considering, but you know, we'll go with it. <laughs> That wasn't a shot, America. That wasn't a shot. So, we're neighbors. We're neighbors. I'm like your little brother. <laughs> we're neighbors. All right. So what is your share, your fifth saddest moment? So I'm sure all of these have a spoiler warning because I know people play games even 20 years later for the first time. I've been there. So I'll give a spoiler warning for all of them for which game. How about um, we just I say did. that this whole episode might just be spoiled? Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so go with that. So share with us, what is number five for you? And my top five, again, all of them are equally emotional, really. It was hard to decide, like Lena, so they're all very emotional. And my fifth one is from Marvel Spider-Man, which I just replayed last week. And, of course, it is Aunt May's, also spoilers, Aunt May's death, which you have on your screen somehow. Magic, maybe? It's Yeah, technology magic. I just Art. made it in the background because it is a very sad moment. How did, how did that? How did that moment make you feel? So I experienced it twice, once in 2018 and once last week, and I cried hard both times, like really hard. And I thought the second time I might not cry. I thought maybe I'm used to it. But no, it was like just, it was crying as if my own grandma just died. God forbid, you know, it's like, it was so emotional just seeing her saying, telling Peter, I want to see my nephew taking off his mask and it's Peter and then she's so proud of him and he could save her. But instead, as Spider-Man does, he saves the city. And it's so emotional. And then the funeral, of course, everybody's there. And I think Aunt May in this game, they just did such an incredible job with her because we've all seen Aunt May in the movies, obviously, in the comics. I think this one is one of the best Aunt May interpretations in terms of how she really feels like your aunt and your grandma equally in two ways. And I think, especially with Miles Morales in the game, she was also a mentor for him as well. So I think. Aunt May's death was 
I mean, there were a few sad moments in the game, but Aunt May's death by far is, it's depressing. It, put it, it lightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was definitely a hard one. Lena, what about you? What is your fifth? As she stuffs like candy or something else, she's like, oh, 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 sorry. Oh, it's a Kit Kat. I can move on. You finish chewing that delicious chocolatey goodness. No? no I'm, done. I'm done. Oh, I'm done. Oh, she fucking scarfed that shit. <laughs> mm, okay. I'll start with my with the bottom of my list. The bottom of your list, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll go with Life is Strange. Oh. Um, I wasn't sure if I should pick the first one or the most recent one. I will go with the most recent one because my god I cried so much. Um <laughs> Are we so, talking about I it's quite recent, so I'm not sure if I should go into deep on it, but we said spoilers, so Yeah, I mean it, it it's yeah, I mean go go into it, talk about it. All right. So at the very start of it, you're like playing Alex Chen, which um, she is at the beginning. She's hinted to have some like mental problems. She was living in a in a like how do you call it orphanage in a way. What? Her dad left the family. Her mother died, and all she has left is her brother Gabe. 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 That was his name. It was Gail, but no, Gabe. And um, she uh, moves with uh, into in in with his with her brother. That English. <laughs> and um, yeah, at the beginning of the game, you travel to the city where he li- where he lives with his girlfriend. It's like a s- small town vibe. And very early on, Gabe dies, and in like a horrible accident that. His girl, uh, his girlfriend's son caused, like he didn't cause it, but he was the reason Gabe uh, was even in the place he was in, and he blames himself, and everything goes down like it's it's a whole tragedy. Everything is like told around th- this death, and Alex is just reunited with her brother after such a long time, and then she immediately loses him, and. In such a brief time, you don't know much of him. You just get to know him, like, for one chapter or something. And you grow so attached to him because he's such a pure soul. And you can tell that by just the way he acts. And he's he's kind. He's... Yeah, he, he thinks about everyone. He's just, He's feeling so much for the people around him. And then he's just, like... Yeah, it's just taken from her and everyone else. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of, like, blame going on who caused it. And the plot of the game, I will, will not reveal, but everything revolves around his death and Alex trying to find why that happened. Because feel, it shouldn't have happened. I feel like those games are really, really, really fucking human. Like, there's so much yes, human yes. in those games that you go, like, somebody somewhere is feeling this way. Like that game is so good about nailing that. that it's is it's just the, the the way it makes you feel like angst inside mm-hmm. and just anxiety overall while also being so human. Like you said, it's just the way it portrays it feels real, which is what yeah. makes it even sadder for me personally. It's why I also like I cried like a baby. <laughs> yeah, well, it's sad. That That's actually, that's a good one. Yeah, I want to um, that 
this game might be my game of the year. I'm not sure yet. I won't spoil Same. that. And I'm glad you brought it up because this game has like probably five sad moments that are really, really sad. And yeah, Gabe's death in general is just, that's one of them. That's that's the root of all of them, really. So I'm glad mm. you brought it up. Good. I cried multiple times throughout the game as well. So then it did its job. We'll say, me and Leonardo are like the same person. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's see. I'm, I'm very curious. I see you there, Jeremy. Um, all right, Alex, what is your fifth on the list? All right, so my fifth one is from Final Fantasy XV. Uh, it's basically the very ending of the game because you go through this game, you're going through with Noctis and his four best friends, Ignis, Gladio, Prompto, and you're going through this game and you're going through with these with these people and you start to form bonds and you start to see their friendship just progress over the course of this game and uh, how close they really are as friends and then there's this final campfire scene that you know that they're kind of talking before the final boss fight and it just cuts off and you're like what the hell and then you go through you fight the final boss you get that type of stuff, and then it cuts back to the campfire scene, and there's this really sad moment where it just builds up, and then Noctis just says, walk tall, my friends, and as soon as he says that, I start bawling like a baby every single time, because I know what it's like to, you know, form these brotherly bonds with friends, because I've had friends like that in school, uh, I even have some friends like that, that I'm, uh, now that I met through Twitch and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it always hits here every single time whenever I see that ending. I felt that a little bit. I was like, oof, that, yeah, that family, family vibe. That's a good one. Um, my fifth one, I have a thing for animals. I am a sucker for animals. Ghost of Tsushima, Jin's mm. horse. When that horse takes all those fucking arrows and gets him out of there. And you see, I, I got teary eyed and you see like that horse just walking and walking and refusing to give up to get him to safety. And that horse sacrificed himself so that Jen could get away. I love animals. And like, I developed a bond with that horse because I had it throughout so much of the game. That was, that was a very sad moment in a video game for me. Cause I really just, the animals. I must have gone back to that my best friend's grave five or six times that first time I played. Like I kept going back and playing my little flute. So that was that was fuck. That was hard. That was mine. <laughs> we don't deserve animals. Oh, that was so like. And I know that that happened all the time back then. Like horses were a tool of war, and that just I just don't like the content. I know it's real, but I don't like the content of it jeremy what about number four for you back to you yeah i'm glad you mentioned ghost because ghost that moment was crushing oh plus we named your our horses technically and so i think we have three mm -hmm. options so it's like yeah no really sad yes my number four is actually what alex mentioned earlier which is final fantasy 15 and the same moment oh. i think not wow and this moment is a big deal yeah, so again, spoilers for Final Fantasy XV, which was my first Final Fantasy game, um, and I adored it. 
the ending, yeah, when the boys, Noctis, Gladios, Prompto, Noctis, are all together the whole journey, and then at the end, the sort of plot twist is that you get older, you all get older, there's like a five, ten year time skip, something like that. And so at the end, no one's dying, I think, but because it's the end of the journey and they sort of did what they were supposed to do, yeah, Noctis is standing over the uh, campfire, I believe, and he says, walk tall, my friends. And then he just, I think the screen just goes black and it says, thank you. He says, thank you. And it's sort of to the player as well. It's not just for the boys. It's like to the boys, to the player, to the fan base, to everybody. And yeah, like Alex, I started just bawling like hard. It was just like tears everywhere. It was messy. It was. You can't help it, man. You just can't help it. Saying goodbye and, is yeah. sad. I mean, it doesn't like saying goodbye is a very emotional thing, even if it's not death. So totally, those are good. Yeah. You guys were close in how you numbered that too. Oh yeah, I was like, oh man, that's my number four. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Lena, what about you? What's number four for you? I doubt anyone has heard about the game here since it's fairly small indie niche title. It's a small pixel maker RPG called Rakuen. I have tweeted about that once. I think it's unfortunately just on PC. And it would run on the toaster, so you could technically play it on any laptop. So if you can, I would strongly recommend that. Because it's about a boy um, who is hospitalized. And um, he's like lying on an intensive care station. You don't really know why he's there at the beginning. He wears like this paper hat. And um, you can run around the hospital and visit the other patients and try to befriend them. And um, he keeps a close bond to his mom who uh, comes to visit him a few times um, or like very often, I think every day. And um, she tells him about this book called Rakuen and it's like this magical world. She, I think she inherited that book from her dad or something. And she tells him that he there is a magic key to this book so he can like dive into the world of Rakuen and live in the world of Rakuen and like adventure there because he can't leave the hospital as you don't know why in the beginning. So you travel to this like magic world where there's like cute little like not people like animal like NPCs and all sorts of um, mystical creatures and stuff like that. And you just, yeah, you just explore the world there. And at the same time, you walk a mile in the shoes of the other patients on this intensive care station. And yeah, you learn about their background. And there is one that struck me pretty hard. There was um, a father who is now lying on the intensive care station and it was a story about his daughter and how he wants the best for her and everything and they like went apart on like not too good terms and everything and it's just like you've you, you realize how much he cares for her that was the first time i cried in that game and yeah you keep bonding with the people on the ics uh, more and more and like yeah walk a mile in their shoes learn about their backstories until you finally learn about your own backstory when you have collected all like these charms from the stories you play through from the other patients. And um, 
yeah, you then you walk also walk around in the book story with your mom. She's there with you constantly, trying to comfort you the whole time, and just being there for you. And um, the story of the book ends with the boy in the in the story getting on a ship to, yeah, to travel to Rakuen, this island, whatever, dream world. And that's also how the game ends. And um, it, it was very cryptic about his story the whole time, but it turns out the boy has cancer, terminal, and um, he's still very young. And um, his mother has been there for him the whole time, trying to treat him like everything's all right, like he can do it. And um, yeah, just trying to make him feel not as alone and like, everything will be all right and there's also like the, the music that comes with it that is also making this even worse and it and at the very end you see how the boy gets on the boat himself so he becomes the story which basically implies that he's dead or dying in that moment oh, i would take it and um yeah, then you see his mom, who is also then alone because you find out that his dad also died during the, I think, 2011 when the um, the earthquake caused the atomic reactor in Japan to blow up. And he was one of the people who helped to clean up there. And he is dead also. So his mom is basically left alone with a son who has terminal cancer who is also dying then, her husband died. And the last words the boy says to his mother is, you're my hero. Oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's a story about, I mean, it teaches you essentially to be sympathetic to all these situations, but oh, fuck, what an ending. That would, that, would pro I would, that would probably get me. Well, that like, would have been a Yeah, that, especially when you're dealing with like sick, children that have terminal conditions like there's just that, it literally that story that it killed my heart <laughs> and what's that game again in case anybody out there rakuen rakuen it's literally one of the best indie games i have ever played and i did not expect it it's so good and how do you how do you spell it so we can r-a-k-u-e-n okay yeah, so if anybody wants to check that out for PC only uh, and you want to subject yourself to, to that kind of emotion, that sounds like a great journey. Um, all right, Alex, what is your number four? Yeah, number four. My number four is from The Last of Us, part one, part one, not part two. I'm not talking about that just yet. But uh, <laughs> part one, this is the beginning of the game. When you're going through this Joel and you end up right in front of this military officer who gets ordered to shoot at you. And in the crossfire, his daughter, Sarah, who he's been uh, helping along throughout this whole time, she ends up getting hit in the crossfire and she dies. Very powerful, very emotional moment. And the reason why that is, is because. Throughout that whole opening segment, they're sitting there and they're building this father-daughter bond. And you are just getting attached to Sarah. You're getting attached to Joel. 
And you're like, oh, Joe's such a good guy. He's such a good dad. Sarah's such a good daughter, you know. Damn. And you start to you know, be like, I cannot wait to play through this game and just see these two's relationship. And then, <laughs> bam, Sarah's just taken from you right there. And every time I play through this game, every single time, it gets me to, I'm just sitting here doing this. Just to try to cover up my tears, even though nobody's watching me. And like, you naughty dog. Why do you have to be such good storytellers? That's a hell of an opening, too. And a lot of games don't open with that kind of emotion. I mean, that will draw. They, they really don't. In. That was, that was a rough one. Um, what are we on? Number four. Oh. Yeah, that was depressing. Yeah. My number four is Cliff Unger's story from Death Stranding. Now, goddamn. Death, now, Death Stranding Director's Cut is relatively new, and a lot of people haven't played it. I, I'm nervous to give a, a huge spoiler on this one because the, the narrative journey really relies on you not having the full knowledge of what's going to happen there. But to anybody who has played Death Stranding, Cliff Unger's story is extremely sad. Like, it just imagine being completely manipulated in every aspect. The people that you love are are dying, and someone is manipulating you about that. They're manipulating your child. They're manipulating you. The government construct is manipulating you. The military is manipulating you. People you think are your friends are manipulating you. It's extremely, extremely powerful. And you get to the end of this journey and it's just like, wow, how much can one human take? And he doesn't break, doesn't break, doesn't break because of the bond he has for someone. I can't, I can't, I really can't spoil it because so many people haven't played it yet because they're waiting on that PS5, but it's about an unbreakable bond of loving somebody so much you're willing to endure so much literal physical and mental torture. And it is like, it will, that game will fucking hit you like a ton of bricks. So that was my number four. I mean, that was, and it's, has anybody here played it? Okay. Yeah. So, you know what I'm talking about, Jeremy, like the way it drives his story too. And then you just like, like, Oh my God. Right. Like it's so well, powerful. I was ask, is this Mads Mikkelsen? Yes. And did you feel like his performance was like top notch in this game? Oh my God. Incredible. Because I, I couldn't, he, at first, I, you couldn't really tell if he was the villain or not. And I just felt like he completely delivered. I felt like every, all the acting in that game, that's some of the best acting in a game I've experienced and everybody sold it for me, but he was like, Mads Mikkelsen is the fucking man. Yeah. He like, was that, like yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, whew, so number three, Jeremy, back to you, buddy. I do have to grab medication for my throat, so be right back. Grab it. I'll I'll jump to Lena really quick, and then we'll come right back to you. Lena, jump really quick for number three. All right, my number three is to the moon, which I do not know which platforms is it is it. Blah, blah. It is on. I think it is also on PS4. I'm not sure though. It's of it's on PC as well though. I think it might be a PC, um, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So um, it's an 
pixel game as well, again. <laughs> that, those ones seem to hit very hard a lot of the time. Um, so it's called To the Moon, and it's about um, two scientists. Like, at the beginning, you travel uh, to a place you don't know. So you, you just get thrown into it, yeah. It's just two scientists who, like, mock each other the whole time and make fun of each other. And so it starts kind of with an upbeat tone, and you think, okay, those two are funny. And then you arrive at this house and suddenly realize it's not as cheerful as it seems to be. Because there is a man on his deathbed, um, and you're there to fulfill his last wish, which is to go to the moon. And they have like this device to like access his consciousness. And they travel into his consciousness, reliving his life for him or like with him and his like the most striking moments in his life. And there's stuff like how he got to know his um, his wife and the whole love story behind that. And just the, the very striking and romantic moments there. And then, um, yeah, just his whole life plays like a movie in front of your eyes and you play through it have to gather mementos and, and stuff like that and in the end you manage to just in his consciousness because he can't physically travel there but you make him believe that he actually traveled to the moon thereby fulfilling his last wish and if i remember correctly the game ends with him dying thinking uh like knowing or like at least believing he went to the moon my God, you're playing some really like heart wrenching stuff. <laughs> wow. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, did check, I did check the platforms on To the Moon. It's on PC and Switch. It's definitely worth it. And there is also with the same scientists, uh, the like follow up. It's called uh, Finding Paradise. Wow. That's sad. Alex, we'll jump to you for number... Shit, I can't even keep track. We're on number three. So until Jeremy gets back, jump, you go ahead and... You right, so, so number three for me is actually from a franchise that I guarantee you nobody probably saw making it into this uh, list. But this moment hit me really hard back in 2009. And uh, it's from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Uh, it's Shepard's Betrayal. Shout out to Betrayal, because when you're going through that game, Shepard's on your side, he's hyping you up, he's making you motivated to go after this big baddie, uh, which is Makarov, right? And you're going through the game, you go through a pretty fucked up moment earlier on in the game where you're going through this, uh, you're undercover in Makarov's group, you're going through this airport and you're shooting civilians. No Russian. And that, that yeah, no Russian. That moment right there hits you pretty hard already. And you're going through and there's this turning point in the game where you're going to meet Shepard at this helicopter and you're playing as Ghost, who is one of my favorite characters in any Call of Duty game. I love that man. And you walk up to Shepard and he just Bow, bow, shoots you, shoots ghosts. Oh, you're not playing as ghosts, you're playing somebody else. But he shoots you, shoots ghosts, puts you in a pile of bodies, burns you, and at that moment, hit me. 
so hard because I was like, you, I thought you were on my side. Like, what the, what the hell? And, and then I was just like, why did you have to shoot ghosts? Of all the people you could have shot, you made it ghosts. So I'm sitting there, and I, from that moment on, I was just like, my gun will meet your fucking face. Yes. Shepard. I couldn't wait to kill him. That's probably one of the better betrayals of like video game betrayals. That's actually a really fucking good one. I didn't even think of bringing that up. We need a moment of silence for soap. Okay. Soap. All right. So Jeremy, let me have you jump in with your number three before I hit mine. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say, I think Lena mentioned the uh, to the moon, right? Yep. Did you mention the song? Everything's all right. She didn't. Oh my God. Because that song makes me cry whenever I hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. It's that that it's a specific piece in that game, and um, yeah, it 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 has to do with this backstory, and um, yeah, I think the piano is involved in that too, right? Uh, no, that was the that was the scene on on the on the light tower, on the yeah. Yeah, I know. But okay. there's also like a piano piece uh, in there that's also like really touching. As the, the the music in that game is generally really good. Same goes for Raku, and as I mentioned earlier, those the pixel games just nail it with the atmosphere. I don't know, but everything's alright. It's just breaks my heart. It's perfection as a song. The song. That's not your number three, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, holy shit! Do we have another one that's that close? I just I always ramble. Um, okay. So my number three. Are there any Kingdom Hearts fans here? My wife loves Kingdom Hearts. Okay, but no one here has... This guy! This guy, I <laughs> love Kingdom Hearts. Okay, so get ready. Bring your tissues. <laughs> I oh, could have no. picked many, many moments, oh, no. but I will pick the moments. Can you guess, Alex? There's so many. <laughs> There's so many. I'm guessing uh, Sora in Kingdom Hearts 1? Whenever no, so it's the... from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, oh Kingdom Hearts. No, 3? it's from Kingdom Hearts three fifty eight dash two days. Oh, okay. I didn't play that one. I watched the cutscenes in the uh, okay. HD collection. Yeah. So famously, Shion, her death in the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's depressing for many reasons, mainly for Roxas, the main character of the game. And Shion, when she dies, it's so Disney and so Kingdom Hearts. I know people are like, Kingdom Hearts fans are so silly for crying at these things, but it's depressing. Like, straight up, because the whole thing was ice cream. <laughs> that was their whole friendship, basically. It sounds funny. So when she's dying, and he's hold Roxas is holding her, he tells her, or he asks her, who else will, have, who else will I have ice cream with? And it sounds so silly, but when you get the context of, the, of those words, you just cry so hard. He's crying. Everyone's crying. The director is crying. Your dog's crying. Everyone's crying. So it's it's a very sad game in general, but that moment, and I could have picked many, many moments from the Kingdom Hearts franchise, but I think Xion's death has done so well for a DS game, especially. Oh, that hit Yeah, me. seriously. There are so many moments throughout the whole franchise that I could have picked, and he could have picked. But that and one... And I want to mention that the song that plays, it's called La Tristesse de Chillon, something like that, like it's in French. And it's such a, I'm sure Alex knows, it's a depressing song. For her theme song for her death, it's depressing. Yes, absolutely. And it just adds to the moment, too. Ugh. 
Yeah, you, the way you described it got me in the feels. That's, yeah, I didn't experience that playing the game, but that one might. That's yeah, you described it really well. Um, my number three is from a game that can end up really fucking sad, depending on how you make decisions, but I'm a decision hoe. From Detroit Become Human, you can almost, almost have Alice and Kara escape on a boat, and then your boat gets shot, and you can't save little Kara. And as Alice, you can sacrifice yourself and hold her and die in the fucking water with her. And that that broke me in that game. Of all the ways that I played that game and let poor something happen to poor Alice and Kara, that moment where her, as st- supposed to be a being that didn't have feelings, loved this child like her own child and die because she could not live without her just fucking destroyed me. That was so, that was so fucking hard. It totally made me tear up. God damn it. I wanted to like, like, ah, that's what I hate about games like that is because I fucking have to try all these different things, but that just fucking, God damn it. That broke me. So that's my number three motherfucker. So now we're on. Which tells us that robots have feelings. These robots absolutely had feelings and that that like you could you could get some really sad moments in that game depending on how you played it and you could like lose a lot of these characters but Alice and Carl yeah. just so pure and like they're never like you know what I mean you can't she's this innocent little girl who's yeah. an abusive piece of crap and Alice is like fucking perfect who just wanted to love her like the mother you know, she didn't have, and then you find out the thing about Car later. So it's, you know. And there's uh, different moments uh, in another game, Heavy Rain, which is made by the oh, developer. Love. That, that I could have picked here, because I feel like David Cage's games are all just like these super powerful emotional stories. Yeah. That, I, you know, you can just pick from any of them. Any yeah. of them. That one just really hit. I I actually lo- I like I love Quantic Dream games. I like David Cage's. I, I I like the choice system that he has. I love all of his games. Heavy Rain is one of my favorite games of all time. But that Alice Alice and Cara, I just it's so hard for me to. But that was like a really the way they acted, the way the actress acted the death out was just like fuck, man, it killed me. So number two, we're we're getting into the really nitty gritty of fucking sad, you guys. Jeremy, what do you have for us at number oh, two? Oh, my God. Oh, okay. my God. Here we go. My number two and number one could have been almost changed, but number one has to be number one. So number two, which you would probably think is number one. I know it's all very meta. <laughs> my number two, of course, is, um, how do I say this? Arthur Morgan. Has everybody here played Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes. Not Lena. I started it, but, but I have not I, I, I know, I know it. Well, what happens? Guys. No. We're about, we're about, we're about, we're about to fucking wreck you. So get your tissue. Well, so I'm going to tune this out because I do not okay. want to fuck it up for myself when I play Yeah, the I don't game. want to ruin it for you either. I don't want to do this. Yeah, you're about to get a spoiler, Alex. I'm sorry. Because it's on my list too. <laughs> I think already, right? Damn it! <laughs> I know, I know what happens, so I'm fine. No, it's an. I mean, it's an old enough game. Alex, for your benefit, for your for your experience, I'd, I'd recommend you definitely don't hear this part. 
Okay, uh, I'm putting the headset down. Put the headset down. Put the headset down. <laughs> I will give you a cue when you can put it back on. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I think, yeah. I think most people here, people who are probably listening, know my story with, with Red Dead Redemption 2 and how much it changed my life and everything. Um, but obviously, Arthur Morgan, who is the protagonist of the game, I describe him as Heart of Gold, Arthur, depending on how you play him, but I think that's who he is. Oh, wow. And so, I, and so he's, he gets... So Alex is not here, right? Okay. Yeah, he can't hear. He put, For anybody who's listening and not watching on YouTube, he took his headphones off so he can't hear. And I'm going to go out of order because this is okay. the number for me too. And Lena, don't... Or, no, st still play but this Lena game. Knows. Lena, Lena knows what happens, though. Yeah. So Arthur gets sick. You know, he gets sick and he knows his time is is numbered. His days are numbered. And so he, just like the title of the game suggests, he does everything he can for redemption. And he works so hard. As the player, you work so hard to make sure that he gets his redemption. And spoiler alert, he gets his redemption <laughs> in red. No pun intended. But um, <laughs> basically the saddest moment, and again, there's a few moments you can mention even throughout this. I mean, this game has like probably a thousand sad moments, of course, mm -hmm. we all mentioned. And the saddest for sure has to be when he is die when he is dying, when he dies. And he mentions early in the game, I think it's chapter one or two, he mentions that when he dies, he wants to be faced west. And he wants to be, you know, right in front of the sunset or whatever it was. Oh, God, I'm going to die. And that is how he dies. He dies on a rock facing west. And the song uh, Unshaken plays. And, of course, you're just, you're crying already. It's like this man you've been playing as and with for, I don't know, 50, 60 hours, whatever. Depends how long you've been playing it for. This man that you that started off as being this maybe more of a thug, more of a right-hand henchman in the gang, he ends up becoming, or you see him for who he really is, his heart of gold and the good man that he is. <laughs> now I'm going to cry too. And there I'm are so many a hard time right now, actually. I'm actually having a hard time right now because I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, me too. About, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And for, for me, it was really a personal thing. Just like the entire, I played it, played it twice so far the game. And yeah, when Arthur dies, it's like, wow, it's kind of both sad. It is very sad, but it's also peaceful because he did get a good ending, in my opinion. I'm going to add on to this because this was actually also my number two. Yeah. So we had this in the same order, but yeah. for me, this was actually the first game that ever made me cry. Ever? Okay. I had ever made me cry, and I had like two, three solid, four solid. So it started happening when he said goodbye to his horse. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I like, I just, I mean, I, I paused it when he, when he thanked. Now I had, I didn't, my horse didn't die. 65 hours of playing this game with the same horse, feeding it and grooming it and taking care of it and having it go with me everywhere. And then 65 hours later in my first playthrough, they fucking betray me and they kill this horse. And then I, cause I play like you, like I am Arthur Morgan in that moment. And I say goodbye to my horse, Jeremy, I, I, that was the first time a video game broke me broke me and then 
when they did what they did to him, even though he got what he wanted and it had peace. That was so Rockstar is so wonderful at like storytelling. That game is phenomenal. Yeah, because your horse isn't just your horse, it's your partner the entire game. Like, of course, there are so many characters in this game that you become close to, but your horse, who you name, and it's not even like Ghost of Tsushima where it's options. You choose any name you want, yes. really. So at the end, when you when the when your horse dies basically saving you, and you tell and and Arthur stops in the middle of a gunfight. He stops and John is telling him, come on, Arthur, come on. And he just goes on the floor next to his horse for a few moments. And he just, he's caressing the horse and he just says, thank you. And it's he won't like, let it die alone. He will not let his horse die alone. And that's one of the things that real. helps him die. He died for that fucking horse. Yeah. He even <laughs> says like, um, it's okay. Like he was really con 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 comforting the horse. And we'll call her girl. It, whether because you you can pick the breed of horse you want. Sometimes it's male or female. But he'd be like, "Shh, that's a good girl." Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. And you're like, oh my. And I think God. also for anybody who's ever lost a pet, like I have, it's like that hits even harder in general in terms of just it's very relatable. Obviously, it's you know, it's all very different from a horse to a, a, a house pet, but the the feeling's the same. Yeah. And Arthur Morgan. A legend, clearly. So, Lena, please get on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me tell him he can put we same number on that, Jeremy. We were the same fucking number. We are all the same person. We're the same person. So I'm I'm cueing Alex that he can put his headphones back on. God, but this game has so many moments. It's kind of we could have a whole podcast just about. We could have a whole series on this on this game probably you know? we really could do a whole series just on like that game yeah, and the moments but that is like one of the saddest moments that's ever going to happen in in games i'm sorry yeah. but it is lena what is your number two number two i i had a hard time pick, picking number one and two but i am back with a game more people probably know now <laughs> the walking dead season one uh. I, it, holy shit, it crushed me. Um, the people that know it know you play as Lee, this kind of guy who's like sometimes from a, I think, very grayish background where he wasn't like always this like nice human before the whole zombie outbreak started. And then he meets, Cle he meets Clementine and it's, who is at that point still a young child, a young girl, and takes basically over the course of the game, takes the role as her like father, I would almost say, or big brother. And at the very end, in the last chapter of the game, Lee gets bitten by a zombie, and um by the by the time the chapter ends, like his his uh the color in his face is turning grayish. So you can see he's He's turning into a zombie slowly and it's just heartbreaking because Clementine basically dies the whole, uh, dies, yeah, cries the whole time. And um, it's just that he, I think he instructs her or like tells her how she can kill a zombie as well, get rid of the zombie, basically teaching her something in his last moments. And what killed me is that 
she asks him to not turn into one of them and in the end she kills him she finishes him so he doesn't turn and then the game ends and i was i was done with everything It, it's like I, but I love games that deliver those human aspects like that. Like that's something we don't think about because it hasn't happened. Could you imagine if that really happened to you? Like how dynamically, just fucking obliterating that would be on your soul and your heart. Like that's man, I love video games. Like look at this shit, y'all. The the, the fact he even goes and says that he will miss her. I think that was that was the line that made me break. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Alex, what do you have for your number two? Good to me. Me and Lena are in the exact same wavelength because that was my two. Oh, that was my two, man. That's why I went like this earlier whenever she said I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that moment. When I played through that, I played through that back when uh, Xbox gave it away for free with Games with Gold. Uh, they gave it away on Xbox One. So I picked it up. I had just gotten my Xbox One at the time. And I went through it. And when I got to that moment, man, oh, my God. I was just like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Telltale. I know. I, no. No. And then it finally happened. And whenever he said he was going to miss her, I was like, I just started bawling. I did. I did. It's the kind of game I, that I, kind I, of leaves it. you like an empty husk at the end of it. And you can't shake that feeling off for several days because you keep going back to the moment and think about it. And it just crushes your yeah. heart over and over. You just can't get rid of the feeling. And every time you think about yeah. it, it, it just you could cry again. So Every time I look at the icon for The Walking Dead Season 1, I'm just like, Lee. <laughs> yeah. So let's do this before we all announce our top, right? Our top number one. Let's go to the Twitter family and see what they picked. And let's see, maybe let's see how many of them line up with what we've picked so far. So Googie says the ending of Final Fantasy 15. So we got one of those. Legit one of the three moments in games ever to make me successfully cry. Alex Wenzel, the end of The Last of Us Left Behind. Yeah, that is a really sad one. Steely Dan says the end of Final Fantasy X, actually. And he replayed it last year and feels like it hit him harder than before. That was one of my honorable mentions was X. Honorable I have a few honorable mentions as well. Honorable <laughs> mention. Dan said, I genuinely sobbed three times at the closing chapters of Xenoblade 2. Uh, Dash, Final Fantasy X, that ending rectum. Uh, Christmas Zuzu, near autonomous real ending. Uh, Chad, the beginning of Last of Us. I mean, that, yeah. Uh, 1000N, Sarah's death from The Last of Us. That was also uh, Hunter Pearson's pick. He said, I can't play the game without it getting uh, to that me. That Sarah. Watch out yeah. to die. <laughs> uh, um... Uh, Matthew Gesmus says uh, the end of season one of The Walking Dead, Telltale. And also, check out this quote, Queen. Larry also says the same thing, Telltale's um, Walking Dead one ending. Mark, uh, either the intro to Last of Us or the ending of Halo 4. <laughs> How many people would pick that? 
Um, Tabsy said that he found the beginning and the end of Shadow of Colossus pretty sad. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, here, oh, here's an interesting one. Steven, um, the elephant scene from It Takes Two. Yes. He's like, it's disturbing and such a sad state of people who are all about ends justifying means, but I played with my seven-year-old son, so I had to counsel him and reassure him as we were playing that that's not how we act. So for him, it was kind of a humanizing experience on teaching his child. Sony this, Pat. Go, this what? scene felt like committing murder. Like it was depressing because it's your, it's your daughter's favorite toy or whatever it was, her best friend, and you just murder him. And it's depressing because you force him to his death. It's, it's depressing. So that game has sad mo I've had that game for a year and nobody to play it with. And I'm like, I can't wait to play it. And I'm excited. Incredible. I'm excited to know that it's going to have these emotional bits in it. Cause oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, Sony pass has a couple here, killing the boss and metal gear solid three Dom dying in gears three uh, and Yakuza zero, pretty much the whole game. Uh, that's one of my honorable mentions. It's an honorable mention. Uh, Tales of Gregaria says the final Final Fantasy 15 again, the campfire scene. Justin Gaming, I have a feeling this could be on somebody's list at number one. The barn scene from Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, also back to Steve, Edith Finch, the bathtub scene. Actually, based on what he was saying, I, I think I'm going to buy this game from the, the brief conversation him and I had on buy Twitter about it. it. Yeah, I'm really, really into that kind of storytelling. Uh, my boy Agasicles Logic here says the opening of Last of Us, encountering Shriek in Ori and the Will of the Wisps and what he does to Koo. So that's... That had a, me crying as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody meant... And Killing Jen and Prey. Brad Russell, opening of Last of Us. Kevin, also the same. It seems like a lot of parents are like, the Last of Us is just being a parent. It's... So hard. Um, what's her name? Katie. Actually, like I do like this one. In Horizon Zero Dawn, when you're listening to them telling people how you can't survive the Pharaoh plague, that's actually a good pick because that was really that was really sad and really emotional to go. What would you do if you knew humanity was fucked and like you? Yeah, you, it really makes you sit there and just think. You know, it, does. it makes you ponder thoughts. You know, because I went through that game. And up until that moment, you know, I was just enjoying myself going through this nice, beautiful-looking, post-apocalyptic world, you know, shooting some robot dinosaurs. And then that moment happens, and I'm like, Gorilla, what, what are you doing? What do you mean? These are emotions. I know. You know. I thought you guys make games that are just like, you know, you run around, pow, pow, shoot, shoot, you know? But no, they, Gorilla is great oh, with their storytelling. That was... And, uh, that was an incredible one of my honorable mentions is when you're playing as Aloy and you go and you visit Elizabeth Sobeck's grave, you can actually go not. So it's not just Ross's grave. You can find where Elizabeth is. So like that whole dynamic was just fuck. Fuck. I mean, it was beautiful, but it was really emotionally hard at the same time. Thank you, Crystal, for mentioning that. Thank you for mentioning that. I was just so about good. to. I love Horizon. Redma says the end of Red Dead Redemption 2. I assume she means the part you and I talked about, Jeremy, not like the later. Yeah, yeah. I almost the fucking spoke, but I remembered. I was like, oh, Alex, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Um, son of a bitch. Stu literally left me a GIF 
I'm so sorry, Stu. I don't know what get, Oh, that's a final fantasy, but I'm not sure which one this is. It's when they're in the water. He lays oh. rest in the, the water. That's um, Tian. That's Yunnan. That's Yunnan. Yes. Okay. Ten. I'm not a huge, I'm sorry. I'm not a huge final fantasy fan. I apologize. Thank you for, you know, covering oh, me yeah. on this one. Uh, Mike gears of war Two. Maria. That was sad. Oh, Seabucks rules sent me a screenshot of Fallout 4 where um, dog meat died. Oh, no. Uh, Coco Claws near Autonoma Route C. Yes, that's sad. Bad Elf Santa, Detroit Become Human when you can't save Kara. Yes, yes. Uh, let's see. Hour a day gamer, my boy Dave here. The last time he cried in a game was an indie called Into a Dream. He said it's a it's an emotional roller coaster in a powerful game. Lena, you should look into that. That seems right up your alley. And he plays. What was the name? I need uh, to write that into, down. Into a dream. If you can't remember it, we'll get with Hour a Day Gamer. He knows all. I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. He's. Got I saved that. <laughs> oh, here's one that didn't come up. Poe, when Geralt finds Siri seemingly dead in The Witcher Three. Oh yes. So that's. Oh yeah. That, uh, PSA Games, Shadow choosing to go down with uh, Kefka's tower at the end of Final Fantasy VI because he couldn't reconcile with his past. Spoilers. Matt is loving this one. Final Fantasy VI is my favorite game ever made, and that was in my honorable mentions. So, yes, I'm so glad somebody brought that up. I'm glad we're getting so many extra ones here. Peter says, I got incredible goosebumps and felt immense sadness when the Giants respond to the Oath to order in Majora's Mask, which I know that's one of the Zeldas, but I don't know which number that is because there's been so many of them. That's the last March of the Ents. Professor Quinn, when Cade Six died in Destiny 2 Forsaken. Scuttles, Dom sacrificing himself in Gears of War 3. The Mr. Zion Petra, Zion's death, King of Hearts. Yep. And the true ending of Persona 3. Uh, Astral Dooley said to the end, uh, to the moon. Lena, we've got a to the moon reference from Astral Dooley. Very good taste. <laughs> Marticus, another Dom from Gears of War 3. A guide to video game. The one Jeremy and I talked about has come up yet again, as it should. And Jeremy, I have to point out, Caden uh, from uh, the Great Game Debate <laughs> said that... <laughs> When he was yelling, Jason, <laughs> you, what you guys didn't see is when um, uh, you, even if you're watching on YouTube, you can't see it. There's a private chat. So when Mad was talking about heavy rain, Jeremy sent us all a chat. It was like, Jason, Jason. I'll so say, I'll say enough, everybody. Jason. Jason. So Caden brought that up. Um, <laughs> Lance, the end of Metal Gear Solid 3, right? So the, the boss fight there. Uh, so good. Uh, Endgame of Mass Effect says uh, Mist Lito and Cup of Joe said that this is this is a small indie game, by the way, a Christmas gift mission from Elite Beat Agents. He said is super sad. If there's anybody out there that's played it. Um, Ratch Ratchington. I probably butchered that. I'm so sorry. Saying goodbye to a particular spirit in the Spiritfarer game. Let's talk about games. This is a good one. The introductory chapter to A Plague's Tale, um, the whole Hugo doesn't know sentiment. That actually, yeah, that is actually, and that's pretty human too. 
Joggle the Toggle and another Walking Dead one, another season one of Walking Dead. Oh, Seth, another Edith Edith Fitch bathtub scene. Uh, My boy Goose, 618, Ghost of Tsushima the Horse. Thank you. That was Saffron, Walking Dead, season one. Her and Crash Landed say the same thing here. Jim Washington agrees with Jeremy and I that that's the saddest moment. Uh, Quapo, Titanfall 2. Uh, Noctua says Dragon Quest 11 when you return to Dandrasil and you find everything out about your family. Um, Hazador Gaming says I don't cry in video games, but Ori is the only game that almost got me. I think a couple people have said Ori uh, to this point here. And <laughs> Winter Breeze said Morrowind crashing on me before I could save the game after several hours of playing. So like, that's technically that's technically a sad moment. I can't even. So I think that's a lot of really good. Um, so everybody, thank you for the Twitter stuff. Some overlap there, which is pretty cool. So now I want to see what we all picked for number one. Did we pick any of the same thing? And did we pick anything that they picked? So Jeremy, please lead us in to the number one selections for everyone, please, if you would, good sir. So I'm shocked this one hasn't come up in either our discussion or the Twitterverse. I'm shocked. And I think I know it. I might know it. Yeah, Lena might know it, I think. It's from The Last of Us. I'm not sure if I do or not. I think you do. I think we all do. We all know Jeremy feels very strongly about this title. Okay, so you, you guys have known my thoughts on this game, right? Yes. Yes. More or less. I mean, yeah, okay. it, it, it broke your heart, and you're frustrated with that. Share it. Share it. Yeah. And this is no one's, I mean, I won't spoil it, but this is no one's number one, just maybe? It's not mine. Okay. It might be. Yeah, it's all right. Just say it. Say it. What's let, your me, number? let me just hear it, and I'll tell you. Let me just hear it, and I'll tell you. So, yeah, The Last Best Part 2, um, there are many, many scenes. And my, maybe my favorite scene of all time, sounds really funny, or maybe at least one of them, and at least the saddest, is the final scene of the game. The very, when you mean the, Ellie are on the porch. Oh, I didn't, not actually, mine. that's not what I thought you'd pick. That's not what I thought you'd pick, actually. So funny. Not mine. Mine is from the last of us too. Not so that funny one. misconception. I think maybe it's because of Twitter and how it's hard to say everything obviously on one site. But I think a lot of people think my problem with it, my problem with the game was someone's death, but that wasn't my problem. My problem was who we play as. <laughs> but the final scene of the game, it broke me when I guess I could, I could, I could spoil this game. Came out last year, right? Oh yeah, yeah. but well, the spoilers. We spoiled. spoiled the yeah. So. yeah, it's it's this game. Yeah, so and I've already had this moment spoiled for me during my first playthrough. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't really yeah. Matter. They, I think the game's yeah. old enough that we can definitely share freely on this one. But yeah, the final scene of the game when Ellie and and Joel are on the porch, and Joel is just standing there by himself. Ellie comes, and Joel is just looking very somber, very sad, and he tells her, "So is Dina your girlfriend?" And he's so encouraging and positive about Ellie and her possible girlfriend, who she clearly likes. And then she just snaps and says, why did you save me? Or why didn't you, whatever she, she said about what he did. And then he's trying to explain himself and she keeps, she says, you're such an asshole. And she gets mad at him. And then he says, if the Lord gave me another chance on that day, 
I would do it all over again. Good Lord, and gave me a chance to do it all over again. I'd do the same thing. I would do it all over again. And you just start, because even he's holding back his tears. And even Ellie's like, and here's the, worst, the, 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 the saddest part. Ellie's like, okay. And then she says, I don't know if I could ever forgive you. But I would like to try. And yep. oh exactly God. what she says. That I is. Watch that scene right, I watch that scene pretty often when I want to cry because it gets me every single time. And it's like, what a perfect scene. And then it's like, it's so sad because that was their last time together before his, you know, mm-hmm. passing. And they never got to really make up, but this was the closest thing we got to them making up. And it's just depressing because in a way it's a happy scene because there's some hope, but that hope was taken away from them. And that's what hurts me the most. That's what broke me. I think the most. The whole game is like that. The entire game is just filled with these moments that are a juxtaposition of themselves. Like you can't have anything nice without having anything bad and vice versa in it. Yeah. And I want to say that Joel, Joel Miller to me is like one of the greatest characters of all time. And I know there are surprisingly many who didn't like him in the first one. Or there are a lot of people who think he was wrong in saving Ellie at the end of The Last of Us 1. And I'm one of those who thinks he was absolutely right. And I think any of us would do the same thing. Damn right, we would. Who says otherwise. Yep. They're, they're trying to say that, but they would do the same thing. Damn right. Damn right. If it was somebody else's child to save like my nephew's life and make sure that the people I love live on, I, I'm, I mean, in the real world situation... We would do and, it, and but for a direct for a direct comparison, actually, to my number five pick, which was Aunt May and Marvel Spider Man. Yep. Spider Man had a choice to save his aunt, and he chose a city. Joel could have saved the world potentially, but he saved his girl. So it's like Spider Man is this selfless character who is a hero. Joel, that's the point. He was being selfish, but we'd all do the same thing. Even in Spider Man shoes, I'd probably save my Aunt May. You know. So it's like, is it selfish? Yeah, but it's human. And I think, I think Joel, yeah, it's every, everything, all the emotions show in that scene yeah. on the porch, I think. I think that's what makes Neil Druckmann such a great writer. I feel like he does capture the human elements of how we kind of do, in that environment, you would have to be selfish to survive. And when you have such little left, I mean, his relationship with his brother's fractured. His child died, and that's the chance. That's the redemption arc for him to raise a child again. So it's like, it, it, regardless of how you feel about Joel or whether or not he did the right thing, it's beautiful fucking storytelling, and it is just heart-wrenching. I mean, just every time. I, I have been teary-eyed multiple times <laughs> in the game. Like, it's, it's, I haven't cried, but I've been like, oh, this is rough. Like I cry so much that I have to like calm down and get my tissues. Like it's really bad. It's it gets me so emotional, honestly. It, I think for me, like it does, but he Neil finds a way to make things do this. So it's like every time I get really sad, there's something saccharine and sweet in it that makes me go, "Oh well, there's still this hope. There's still this light." Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so even in those moments, like the very end of it when they're overlooking. And I'm like, did he actually even lie to her? Maybe he didn't. Maybe like, maybe maybe I should go through those tapes again and see. So like, that's why I feel that they're not as sad for me because there's so many moments of like hope that Druckmann gives you. 
That's a good one, Jeremy. That's a fun. Lena's like, I, she might be crying. What is your, what is your number one, honey? The same game, but um, a different scene. Oh, well, it, there's multiple scenes. I'm going to get behind it, which is actually kind of interesting that the death itself is not the saddest moment for me. It's what comes after. And what made this game hit so hard for me? <clears throat> Which moment is it? Is it like exactly after? No, the, <clears throat> the problem with the whole game is my dad looks very similar to Joel. <laughs> oh. So you really felt it. Yeah. See the power, the power of video games. Like all the people out there that don't understand the love we have for this art and they think it's just this silly thing. And here we have four adults who are moved to emotional tears because the way the medium allows you to experience the narrative in the story, you can't get from TV shows, you can't get from movies, you can't get from books. This is really a very special medium, a very special medium. Um, so the death itself was bad because it was pretty cruel and um, yeah, you get to this, yeah, you, you start hating Abby and everything. But what hit me so hard is the ending, the ending ending with the um, guitar and the, the, like the birthday scene with Ellie with the museum. Oh my god, that is the most beautiful moment in fucking game. Um, to anyone that doesn't know or hasn't played The Last of Us, Ellie dreams of becoming an astronaut, so Joel takes her to this museum, which has an um, exhibition of dinosaurs and everything, so that part is super cute, and then you go upstairs, and then there's this whole, like, exhibition of, like, different space planets and rockets and moon stuff and then there's this capsule where you go into it's like the space capsule and you lie in there and he gives her this walkman with the with the sounds of um of the rocket launching and just goes happy birthday kiddo and that scene <laughs> yeah what about when they toss the hat on the dinosaur, did that not give you the giraffe vibes from the first one? Do you remember when they see the giraffe? Yes, like, absolutely. To me, like I, I felt like that's the same thing. Ah, ah, and ah. um, the thing with the game is that Joel not only looks like my dad, but also reminds me of him. And. With the with the exhibition in the museum, I could exactly imagine my dad doing the exact same thing for me, which is why I am so emotional. <laughs> and just the fact of knowing that he isn't there anymore, that just completely destroyed me. And then honorable mention to goes jumping to the very end, where uh, when Abby bit off two of Ellie's fingers, and she couldn't play guitar anymore. And that was the last thing she had left of him. And she couldn't anymore. And it's of Jesus. <laughs> like, but, like that's, that's the crazy. Like, when, when you feel a character like that, like, I, I mean, P, 
people, not everybody has to like the game. Well, even, even Jeremy still is not a big Abby fan and that's okay. He's not like cruel or toxic about it. He just said, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. I just couldn't, I couldn't get to the point where they wanted me to get because I just felt so attached to this one character. And that's, that's really the power. That's the subjectivity of what Neil's done with these characters. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so powerful. That game was like, I felt that game, that game, like at, weeks after I played that game, I was like very emotional. I was, I was emotionally scarred after that game. <laughs> but it's good, right? Isn't it? Like it's in a good um, way because you play in, it. In a good way. Yeah. It's, it's just the fact what made it so much worse than probably for other people, because obviously other people felt very strongly for it as well in like found it sad and everything. But what just makes it so personally or me so emotionally attached to it is just the fact that my dad is so similar to Joel. That's one cool dad you have. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, again, that's part of the human element. I think people who aren't really into video games don't understand how talented these developers are and artistically how incredibly well crafted a good video game is the music the story the characters the development like it's so much more than just i mean the gameplay makes all of these experiences come together yeah it's just, it's just the fact that my dad just looks like him and i like he just is in a way if if he would grow a beard he would look like Joel he would be Joel he wouldn't even need different clothes he's just Joel he's Joel and I do want to add that the way that Ellie gets PTSD and she pictures Joel on the floor and then at the end she tries to picture him on the porch instead with a guitar I get similar flashes to Joel in a sense like I'll be like randomly doing whatever I'm doing I get flashed to Joel whether it's on the porch or on the floor and even in my own experience, actually, when I lost my dog, I had a similar thing of picturing the same flashbacks like that, of yeah. both good and the sad. So I think the game, yeah, it's, for as much as I hate the game in so many ways, it's such an impactful game. So maybe I don't hate it. Maybe I just hate that it's so sad. I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, I can't. For me, I feel like part of the point is you are supposed to hate certain aspects of it. I don't know how you're supposed to love being that miserable. But I feel like they nailed what PTSD feels like. and. Like in the scene where Joel dies, how the cinematics of it, how like like the, the the volume changes and you feel that thumping in the ear. I thought that was a really powerful scene too. And like like when we go through something that's really emotional, that like our adrenal glands make that happen to our bodies. So I feel like that was pretty incredible. Alex, I have a feeling The Last of Us Two is your. Do you have a damn straight? Yep, wow. it is. It is. And, uh, so, so what is well, it? Here, here's why. A little bit of background before I get into what happened. So last year, around September, September 16th, actually, I remember this vividly. I lost my dad. He died due to heart problems. And, you know, he had had a heart attack earlier that year. And when he was getting transferred to the nursing home, he died. And when I was playing through The Last of Us 2, it was two days after the one-year mark of that. So I got the game September 18th. I started playing it. I went through. 
And I've always seen Joel as kind of like this father figure, you know, in video games for me. And uh, The Last of Us Part 1 actually came out a month after I graduated high school. So, yeah. Uh, June of 2013. I graduated in May. So I had this like extreme attachment to Joel. I've always seen Joel as like a father figure. And when I saw Joel get murdered by Abby with this golf club, I literally sat there. I just, I, I was like this. I paused the game right afterwards. I put my controller down and I'm sitting there and I'm shaking and I got my hands on my head like this. And I ugly cried for like 15 to 20 minutes afterwards. I was literally just sitting there shaking like I just lost my dad last year. And now I lose my virtual dad just over a year later. God damn it. You know, and I'm, I, it's, it's. Yeah, see, look for at that. For those of you who have not lost a family member that you were super close to, like I was with my dad. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Your, it hurts your soul. It does. So for me to lose a character that I thought was, you know, a father figure. It's different. It hits so much different. So uh, that's fine. But the, the, the power of that, like, the risk that Naughty Dog took to do those kinds of controversial things, I mean, was that, that's a pretty significant risk in gaming because they knew it was going to be polarizing. They knew people were going to feel a certain way. But I think they created, obviously, they created really relatable characters because, you know, two of you are connecting that to a very real-world experience. Again, I just, I just, I mean, sure, I'm sure some TV shows and books have characters, have wonderful characters that are really well written, but the way you get to the journey is different. So, like, Matt, I mean, Matt, do you think it would have hit you the same if it was just like a TV show or, or a book? Or is it the having the remote and going through that in a different way gave you that stronger experience of how how significant I feel it like it would have hit I feel like it would have hit me somewhat similar but because I'm playing the game and I already played one full game as him it yeah. just hit that much harder because I yeah. went through a single game as him and he's teaching me all these different things about you know life and parenting and you know all that stuff in the first game and you know what a father is you know, that cares about this uh, one that cares about his kids, you know, cared about Sarah, took Elian and treated her like he was Sarah, you know? And you see that at the first game, and you're like, yep, that's it. You know, that's, yeah, sure, he was being selfish, of course, but, you know, you ask any parent, they do it. Damn they right. would do it. Damn right. That was their daughter. That's my nephew. Do it. No way. It, I, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even be a second fucking thought. It would just be like, "Yep, I mean, I'm going." That's in what there. bothers but, me about know. people criticizing it for, like, saying, "Yeah, Joel is not a hero. He's an anti-hero. He's a bad character. He he is selfish. He could have saved the world." Yeah, but that's not real life. 
no one in their right mind would I say just, that yeah, I can save the world fuck it I say that because looking <laughs> as an outsider looking as an outsider I would have wanted him to make that sacrifice because yeah, I, as an I outsider that is selfish. easy to say but that's also me as an outsider being selfish saying no you make that sacrifice because it benefits I think, people I think the people criticizing Joel for doing exactly what he did like the the reflection of like self-reflection of what you would do in the exact same position yeah. it's so, just humans are selfish and it's it's right it's it's good to admit that because it's just what it is and if i were in his position i would do the same thing with not not a single strain of thought of considering imagine imagine if you weren't joel and you were on the outside and you were one of the people that wanted to survive you could understand someone being like well damn we didn't get a cure now i lost more people that i loved so that's like that polarization of that whole dynamic is just like, fuck. They're really, yeah. everybody's he, a good he's guy. He's a very morally gray character, I would say. Yeah. Because that it, people always try to color game characters in black and white, I feel like. He's bad, he's good. But it's just not the way nope. real life is. You can't just, do that. You have a lot of gray area. In The Last of Us, there is not a single character in either of those games that is completely colored one way or another it's so ambiguous and that's nope. what makes it beautiful they're all they're all so great brilliant. they are all great yep. all of them and if we didn't play as joel for what 25 hours 30 hours okay okay jeremy is correct sarah sarah was sarah was pure so, so yes yes sarah I, I was wrong you cannot color sarah as a gray area because she was completely the victim but you, you, if you didn't play as Joel for 25, 30 hours, that shit wouldn't have hit you. And Neil knew exactly what he was doing. Damn you. You. And you if, if, if you look at it, it's actually the games which have this gray area that are actually the saddest ones. Yeah. Because The Walking Dead season one was the same. Life is Strange is kind of the same. So if you do not have this strict black and white of characters it's it feels more real because real life is not black and white yeah, never right. is so let's let's talk about yeah and i feel like, uh sorry i have to get into this for a second i feel like all forms of media that tell stories in like this you know with this type of not black and white with their characters they're all gray sort of thing they really impact you more than anything else. Kind of right. like this series right here, Game of Thrones. You know, this is uh first book, Game of Thrones. I have all five of them right over here. But uh yeah, I just figured I'd bring this up. It's dark. This series, this series hit me so hard when I read these uh when I was in whenever when I was going to my local community college. So yeah. That's Jer Jeremy just chatted us that his other father figure is Ned Stark. Uh, I'm actually gonna admit I didn't like Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. Um, I it was uh, it was some of the some of the it was a little the incest and it was a little rapey and I I just it just wasn't for me. I'm not saying it wasn't good content. It just wasn't for me is all I'm saying. I'm definitely not, do not go on the record that say I said Game of Thrones was bad. I did not say that. I just, that's not my particular cup of tea. Yeah, Speaking Twitter, of, put down your pitchforks. 
Yeah, put down your pitchforks. Speaking of geniuses who know how to use video games as a medium, who know how to create characters that are that are not black and white. Speaking of people who know how to make polarizing content, my number one saddest moment ever in a video game is from Kojima Productions. So I'm pulling, I'm pulling on Kojima. This is a spoiler. I have to tell you what this is. I can't beat around the bush like I did with Cliff. So if you haven't played Death Stranding, you're going to want to like maybe a minute or two. What's your choice? Listen, okay. Because the worst that a video game has ever fucked me up in my life made me fucking cry. Like cry, cry was baby Lou. When I had to walk that baby to the incinerator. I, I could not, I could not, my, my wife and I were crying. We, we had to stop playing. It took a couple days for me to come back to that. Cause I'm like, I, I can't, this is a, this ba- this, that was like th- the whole game, the whole game, this baby keeps you from the BTs and helps you survive. Like, and this baby wasn't given a choice and was stuck in this little awful fucking compartment. And now you're just going to throw it away like trash because it's a tool and it's not a living thing. And I got so attached to my BB and I just, I could not hand you guys. I could not handle the incinerator part. There's lots more after that. That makes that a fantastic game, but that that is what did it for me. That hit me harder than anything else ever in a fucking game. That that broke me. Did that hit you as much, Jeremy? Were you like, "Fuck the baby"? <laughs> I'll be honest. Fuck that baby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care about the baby at all. The BB. The game. I loved the game in the first thirty hours, and then I hated it in the last twenty hours, which is very typical for me. And yeah, the BB. I like the song. Oh, the fucking song started playing. I remember Die Hardman told me, take it to the incinerator. And I leave. I'm like, all right, fine. And then the little, like, the baby song, it's like, "Mm -hmm." and I'm like, (laughs) and then, like, I start, the lip starts quivering. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, fuck. And it just, I think I was sad. I was sad because of, uh, I forget his name, but Norman Reedus' character. Because he was sad, I was sad. I was sad. Damn, yeah. But he he felt it because he he had that attachment to the baby. And then later, you you know, there's more dynamics to that. But I remember finding this beautiful spot on a cliff, looking at the incinerator, and just like setting the remote down and crying with my wife. And she's like, "You can't, you can't kill the baby. That's a baby." I'm like, "I, but I, the game's going to make me. Well, don't do it." Like, don't, I was like, I have to finish the game. I, I, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I have to figure out what happened. We had like this little bicker, like you can't kill the baby. It's like, maybe, maybe it will let me not. Kill the baby. It's like, I went in there and I'm like, are there other options? Can I like not push this button? Oh, did we have to? You have, it makes you push. I don't remember honestly the answer. Yeah. It makes you push the button before the next beautiful scene that happens after that. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, it, it, it. Ends up, yeah. And what about the very, 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 very end of the game where you find out? Do you remember when you find out what the baby's name is? 
it's it's not yourself, is it? No, you don't remember? Oh, it's Mads. Something with Mads, right? No, 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 no. Okay, another spoiler. Another spoiler for the end of Death Stranding. Real quick here, people. Baby is girl. It's Louise. It's Louise. Little baby Louise. Baby Lou is baby Louise. It's a little girl. Maybe that was only in the director's cut. Did you play the director's cut? No, no, no. Okay, that could be it. At the very end of the game, after the credits, you see Sam, Sam Porter Bridge's hand, and you see the little baby's hand, and he says, hey, Louise. Okay. So it's a little girl, and her name is Louise. Interesting. I know, that game just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I is, it, is it your favorite Kojima game ever? It's the only Kojima game I finished. Oh, okay. Interesting. But I would say, yeah, it's, it's I mean, I guess by default it would have to be. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think it's one of the most unique narrative experiences I have. And like, like the last of us two, for me, it's one of the most emotional roller coasters. Cause it's not always sad, but it's like, and the plot twists in the game were incredible. And especially I, the music choices. Oh my God. Like I listen to that soundtrack and home. like, it, I it's, still do. It's beautiful. But that, that moment, I'm the only one out that didn't pick the last of us two for I didn't actually have any of those on my list. Did you know that? Wow. I know. I don't know why. I just felt like for some reason those other things. If it were the for if we're talking about The Last of Us Two, the hardest moment for me, I the dog. Killing the dog. Like I really didn't want to have to kill the fucking dog. And then Mel was pregnant. Yeah. That was like I didn't, I didn't like that. And I didn't, I actually ended up liking Abby and I didn't want to fight. But then when I thought that Abby was going to hurt Dina too, I was like, please not another pregnant. Like I can't, I just, I had a really hard time with like the way Ellie vomited. I've kind of like felt that I'm like, Oh my God, I had to kill a fucking child. Like that's that or like torturing Nora. I couldn't fucking do that. Well, I, I did it. I, I yeah, Jeremy's like fuck that. I'm gonna fuck Abby up. I don't have it. I have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But torturing Nora, like Nora, didn't even do anything wrong. Oh, but you would because you'd want to get to Abby. Yeah, but I, as Ellie, you did. You wouldn't know that Nora didn't do anything wrong. True. That's just true. See them as the enemy. Okay, but she did whatever she did to torture her. Obviously, fucked her up. That's actually my favorite scene in the whole game by the way is after she tortures Nora and she's like really fucked up and the way that Dina comforts her and loves her after that it's so wholesome after being so heartbreaking I I do want to say that I think the game worked in the sense that I really really was Ellie throughout this whole game where I was angry like they got me in the sense that if their intention was for me to hate Abby and to really have no problem doing anything Ellie did in the game, it worked because I've heard many, many who criticized Ellie for being so cruel or whatever. And I was like, no, no, that was me. Like I felt the exact same way Ellie did. So in that sense, it worked on me. If that the, was the game's goal, it worked. I'm the other person that towards the end, I'm like, Ellie, like, comp like, what are you doing? You're being too consumed. Like, slow down, stop, go with Jesse. But so I did. I became an, an Abby sympathizer I, I i did i actually it it worked for me i ended up not wanting anybody to, i was like can we all just please of course that's diplomatic me not out of character to be like can we can we all like 
Can we like try to group hug this out, please? It that was that was the same for me. I actually I hated Abby. I still have like my grudges against her, but I at the same point I sympathize with her because well, Joel as a, as much as I sympathize with Joel, I sympathize with her about the same thing uh -huh. because Joel killed he, her dad. And and the end what struck me the most is the realization that Abby and Ellie are not so different. That's that's how I felt at the end too. Is that the parallels? I feel like both characters had the same parallel. And when I got to the end of the game, and Abby wanted to hurt Lev, yeah. I was pissed because I was like, "That's you," and Abby is who Joel was for you. Like that's don't... literally like they went on their each on their individual crusade, and they like crossed each other yeah. at one part because they it overlapped at some point. I, I have and to in, in the in the end they were driven by the same feeling okay. for revenge. I have to pull a Jeremy and say there's another character I want to paint as almost perfect, and that's Lev. I don't feel like Lev. Le, Le, I really, really, really like Lev I love a lot, 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 lot. So, and I really like liked the dynamic with when 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 Abby looked at Lev and said, "You are my people." I was like, oh, like that yeah, yeah, was too. beautiful. Even if you're like, fuck Abby, man, even though a bitch can eat a burrito. Like <laughs> when she like loved <laughs> Lev so wholly, like Joel loved Ellie. And it's just these beautiful moments, these beautiful moments. I had to watch the rest of uh, The Last of Us 2 because my save, when I was going through the game, corrupted. <gasps> and so I was just like, Fuck me. I don't want to be going all this again. I definitely want to go through that jet seat in. So I'll just watch the rest of the game left off. And yeah. The but watching these moments that you guys are mentioning happen, it, it yeah, I can I can see what at least three out of the four of us game as like the game that just broke us the most you know yeah i i would have said that game broke me the most until death death stranding was the thing that came along after that made me go oh fuck i can break harder god damn it so that was the so damn what a that's like pretty much around the time i wanted to wrap up guys jesus christ Crystal, actually you what i have a question for you yes because you have your background is spider-man Yep. And I mentioned earlier, was that on your list at all? Or It wasn't. I didn't want to give a clue to what my list had on it. So okay. I picked a moment that I thought was like really sad and beautiful that people would recognize that wasn't necessarily. <laughs> Here I spoiled Jeremy's list. <laughs> it, it wasn't on mine either, but I had this moment spoiled for me whenever the game was brand new. As, uh, I was talking with someone in real life about this game. You know, uh, in my team, he mentioned that thing to me. I'm like, dude, I haven't played it. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not, ass. You just ruined that for me. I actually can't believe that I didn't think of Miles Morales until now. The ending of Miles Morales. Finn is one of my favorite video game characters of all time now. I thought the way they wrote her character and the way they made her 
a villain was actually pretty political without being like obviously super political. And the ending to that was really, really powerful. Well, Lena, Lena didn't play it. <laughs> I didn't, all I said is just, I always thought it's just the ending. I didn't tell you what happened. Okay. okay. No, 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 just, no, just, just making sure. Miles, no, Miles Morales is still a pretty <laughs> Yeah. Miles Morales is still a yeah, pretty new game, but it just had, it had, it has a sad ending. And it happens to have a really, really good... Miles Morales has amazing characters in it. Amazing characters. And it has a good story. And it has a, a pretty heart-wrenching ending. I mean, that that's... I don't think that'll spoil anything for you to know that. But it had some remarkably well-written characters that I think culturally represent really strong political messaging that I think was it, that game was a great platform to tell the stories that it told it, that's not going to ruin anything for you you i also want to say that crystal you are on the right side of history because you chose the right picture the, the right peter parker you didn't choose a choose a new peter parker so you were <laughs> on the right side of history I, i'm I going to be the point. odd one out here i prefer the new face how dare you I, i actually really don't it doesn't bother me i really don't care honestly i don't it it's the same it's the same thing to me it's just two different I, i purposely didn't upgrade to the to the remaster just to have his old face <laughs> i don't care what the face looks like i'm not really it doesn't bother me that much i don't know i'm not really that picky about fictional characters i'm like i don't care you can it, you can change the face i don't it's i don't know i'm weird don't don't listen to me all right so anything <laughs> anything that we before we wrap up is there anything that we didn't talk about that we need to talk about really quick before I, mean, I want to do a part two part three part four of this because sounds about right maybe every year maybe at the end of every year we should do it because then we'll revisit what new games may have had sad content or see how that changes for sure so we will definitely have to do that and hopefully i know that mad will be back because him and i are planning a future episode right now and i think lena and i are going to do a future episode talking about like how horror games expose phobias and things like that. And hopefully be a part of that. I want to be a part of that horror one because I love horror is. Right. I love horror, but I have my personal grief with some things. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really fuck. I actually did not want to be a part of the last of us franchise. Didn't play the first one at all. I don't like zombies. I'm not trying to be mean or like, <laughs> is it species? species zombies are ugly and i'm not trying to like like physically shame the way they look they're ugly they make stupid sounds they are kind of stupid because they're brain dead they're kind of creepy i don't i don't like i don't fuck with that i don't fuck with that i don't need to be scared like i don't like the feeling of anxiety i didn't want to touch the series didn't want to touch it and then this whole drama came out and i thought That seems like it might be a decent story and strong LGBTQIA. It's funny. I'll it's try. funny that that the drama made you think about picking it up because that that again shows that it has the exact opposite of what people try to try to accomplish. Honestly, with I'll be canceling something honest with you. I heard so many people say so many bad things about like, ah, oh, it's just gay pandering, and I'm like, well, then maybe I'll support this title. Holy fucking shit, what good fucking games. Like the combat, the, that combat was fire. Excellent fucking combat. I, 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 
I want to go through that game again just for the do combat. The do combat it. is so good. Do so it. Good. Do it. That combat is so good. That combat is so good. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I know you still don't like playing as Abby, but that crossbow, that cross, if only they gave, we talked about this on the Great Game Debate podcast, if Abby could light the burrito on fire, like put it on the end of that crossbow and that crossbow could like shoot burritos that exploded, <laughs> that's the only thing that would make that, want that episode. better to me is an exploding burrito fucking crossbow. Fire. I actually have to drop that. I didn't even like the combat as much, but that is down to me being shit with aiming with a controller. Because uh, the, the number one game I won on PC is The Last of Us 1 and 2. Because Just for the, for the inputs. You're mainly a PC player who, who plays Sony because of the exclusive, so the controller's a very odd thing for you, so it's hard for yeah. you to... No PC gamers allowed here. Jeremy. Uh, PC gamers, get out of here. Okay, but, okay, but Lena, All right. Lena, you have your keyboards in your mouth. The, the combat. Think of like when Uncharted comes to PC and like oh. if Last of Us 2 eventually came to PC, would you definitely feel like the combat mechanics would... Because obviously the mechanic... You're saying... I had, the, I had the same with like I started Days Gone on PS4 and... Then the PC port came out, so I immediately switched because it's just, yeah, it's my my favorite form of input, and I okay. sit on I sit on this chair anyway because my PS4 is over there, you're so I play saying, through my PC. You're just so, to clarify it so that nobody watching is like, I'm pitchfork Lena, fucking PC elite. She's saying the mechanics ah. are great. She's just not used to a controller. So yeah, so I go, I, I prefer right. going my way. I'm more comfortable with right. it. If you put so, the mechanics in the environment she's comfortable with, that's that's all she's saying. And I'm buying, buying the game twice anyway, because I own Days Gone twice. I would, I would definitely buy The Last of Us full price on PC again. Bloodborne as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jeremy, just what did you thumbs down, Jeremy? Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Oh, my heart, my heart. No, I, I'm no, I'm, come on. I'm not a bloodborner either, Jeremy. Don't worry, don't worry. It's okay. Cool aesthetic. cool, cool aesthetic, but I think the Souls games are just not for me at all. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I didn't, but I, all the pressure. Yeah, I, I used, I used to think the same. And when we talk about sad games, I had a special occurrence with the Souls games I want to bring up here for a minute, which I think I've never really told anyone. Um, Let me guess. I had, Is it I had, No, it was Is the Dark Souls Three, oh, the okay. Abyss Watchers, which is the first oh. like difficulty bump in the game, and my controller was broken. It had it had drift, and I just couldn't get past them. I was so mad at home. I actually started rage crying about this boss. <laughs> it was the only time that ever ever happened. And I got a new controller, beat them in under an hour, and since then I love the games. So Lena pretty much just said she's fucking boss. That's pretty much what she said. Fucking skills. She bossed. I literally, I, I legit Sorry. cried over the game because I was so angry. I, I don't, I can't. I don't know that I've cried out of anger for I'm not judging you. I just don't know. I, I would be like, fuck this. I would just put, I'd take that shit out and be like, boop, next fucking title. I'm not beating my head against the <laughs> wall like that. If I get that mad, I'm like, fuck it. 
That was the only time a game has ever gotten me so mad. And I almost uninstalled it after that um, and was determined to never go back to it. I eventually did, after three months, beat it pretty easily. And I was like, why, why was that so hard? And yeah. I get that way about bugs. Fucking Ubisoft, man. Why do they do this to me? Every time I oh play my God. games, it's got 50,000. Bu- I'm like the bug commander. Ubisoft should hire me for their quality control department. I'm serious. Goddamn Montreal. That's what's up. Jeremy, yeah, the games are so bucked in recent years. I love the games, but... Uh... Dude, Fenrir is still underground for me. Ubisoft, <laughs> it's been over a year. Make that fucker come up, man. Yeah, they take forever to fix stuff, which is oh what God. bothers me. I, Here's I my really... thing. I've been there a few times to play test the games for, for bugs and everything. And the bugs are still there, so it's like, why am I, what, what am I here for? You know? What am I here for? Well... But I, I, I mean, as much as I crap on Ubisoft, they're still a remarkably successful company. They make fun games. I spend a lot of money on them. Put your pitchforks away, people. Put your pitchforks away. Yeah, stand down. Stand, stand, stand down. Stand down. All right. So uh, as we wrap up here, let me, uh, I want to make sure that anybody who's not connected to you, for those who are listening, perhaps on your commute to work and you're not watching on YouTube, Jeremy, why don't you share what your Twitter handle is so folks can find you? So I go at Pokezard. That's Pokemon plus plus Charizard, so Pokezard. But my 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 real name I go by is the Canadian Cowboy. The so Canadian. Howdy, Pokemon. y'all. It's a dead giveaway. Pokezard is, is pretty straightforward. Everybody knows how to spell that. It's spelled like it sounds. Lena, what about you? Where can we find you? All right. And my Twitter handle is at Andaria, which is pretty I, a lot of people struggle with spelling that and pronouncing that so it's spelled at a n d a r i y a underscore is that a german name or thing or? i'm i made that up okay so it's it's just it's a lena word or thing okay alex where can we find you uh you can find me on twitter or instagram at madman20 on both uh, my name on Twitter is a whole world. So uh, you'll find me talking about Castlevania or horror movies or stuff like that. I'm on Twitter and you'll see me putting uh, my collection here on Instagram. All right. And I'll put the pin post in the comments below if you guys are watching this on YouTube. So all you have to do is just go down and click on one of the links in the pin, pin post. So Everybody, thanks for an amazing, very emotional, beautiful show today. I want to say a special thanks to Lena and to Alex for um, being raw and real and letting everybody see that we're all fucking humans at the end of the day. And I know the gaming community is sometimes known for the toxicity that the vocal minority has. But today's episode should prove to you that we're all real fucking people and you don't know what we're struggling with and you don't know what we've all been through. So let's just enjoy games and be really good to one another. So with that, thank you for watching everybody and we will see you guys next week.